Positivity with Reality Another day, another day not to be spilled but to be discussed. Assalamualaikum and hi everyone. Welcome to the Reality Podcast where we will be discussing real life issues that are happening every day. I'm Nurul Ayunadia and joining me today are my co-hosts. Hi everyone, I'm Nuradin Shazana and I am Jatin Rami joining this podcast from Kitty My Away for my friend. In today's episode, we will be discussing about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal Number no. 4, which is quality education. In September 2015, the General Assembly of the United Nations has adopted the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development that includes the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, which is also called the 17 SDGs. Building on the principles of leaving no one behind, the Sustainable Development Goals are the blueprint to achieve a better and more sustainable future for all. They address the global challenges we face including poverty, inequality, climate change, environmental degradations, peace and also justice. I am a little bit confused. Adeline, can you please explain the difference between 8 MDG and 17 SDG? The 8 Millennium Development Goals are predecessors of 17 Sustainable Development Goals. While the 8 MDG focuses on social dimension and better health, the 17 SDG focuses on social inclusion, economic growth, better health and environmental protection. SDGs also strengthen equity, human rights and non-discrimination. So in today's episode, we will be talking about the reality of poverty in education for the underprivileged student and the struggle for students to get a proper quality education through the open digital learning or the I-Method in school and universities. Before we start, we would like to advise on precaution needed to stay safe and prevent oneself from being infected with the coronavirus. Total distancing should be practiced in commentary at the everyday, preventing action to reduce the spread of COVID-19. Here are some tips to stay safe during pandemic. So the first tip is wear a mask. Make sure you cover both your nose and your mouth. If you don't have a physical mask, you can also wear a cloth mask. Second tip, wash your hands after you start on water for at least 20 seconds after you have been in public place and use a hand sanitizer that contains at least 60% alcohol. The last tip, keep your distance. Maintain at least 6 feet of distance between yourself and other people and also avoid crowded places. Before we start with our question and answer segment, Let's first meet our guest speaker. Can you please introduce yourself, Sir Muiz? So, my name is Abdul Muiz Abdul Razak. You can call me Sir Muiz. I am a law lecturer at the Faculty of Law, UITM Shalam. I used to practice as an advocate and solicitor of the High Court of Malaya. And um, I'm... Yeah, that's that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Miss Gus? So, my name is Gazlina Pujo. Um, usually, my students would call me Miss Gaz. I am currently a teacher um, through the Teach for Malaysia program um, and I'm currently teaching in Semporna, Sabah. One could easily get stressed spending time alone during the Conditional Movement Control Order CMCO. Here's how to remain positive. Pandemic and social isolation will be here for a while. In times like this, it is completely normal to fear, worry and stress on things that we have no control of. However, there are ways to remain positive and improve our mental health during this outbreak. First, you can always talk to your loved ones. 
While social isolation has transformed our social life, it doesn't mean that we cannot stay in touch with important people in our life. Utilize video calls just so you can see the face that you long for. Other than that, it is also good to participate in physical activity. To protect your mental health, you should also safeguard your physical health. Sweat out your worry by dancing or by simply joining a yoga session in front of your television. Life is short and it is filled with ups and downs. Let's not spend our time by worrying on things that we cannot control. Alright, Seth. Okay, uh, so as we all know, open distance learning uh, has been implemented in universities ever since last April. And OP, uh, ODL or open distance learning is a general term for the use of telecommunication to provide or enhance learning. So for the first question, sir, how are the online assessment graded and is your expectation as an educator high? All right. Uh, well, in university, grading in our university, UITM, grading must follow the rubric of assessment for each course. And the rubric hasn't changed, uh, rubric hasn't changed during the ODL semester. Only the method of assessment that's, that's changed with this online method. With regards to the grading of the assessment, while uh, we, we are still following the same rubric for each course, it is now transferred to an online medium. Uh, some lecturers uh, chose to fully utilize the UFuture system and you had their own online uh, students platform to engage the lecturers. But since it is a newly implemented system, I myself chose a mixture of personalized grading through a specific email created for each course. With bigger capacity in the Google server, the possibility of the system getting problems is uh, much lesser. This is important to ensure the protection of the student submission of the assessments. The submission is guaranteed to receive. Uh, with regards to expectation, expectation of lectures um, should not change if the rubric of assessment has not changed. I myself uh, chose to remain uh, with the same expectation as the regular semesters. Ms. Tash, can you please explain what is high-need schools? So, high-need schools are essentially, um, so it is based on a few aspects. So, one of them, it could be in terms of like um, the academic needs or the ac academic demands of the school and also um, schools with like B40 communities. Second question, how stressful were your students while doing the ODL method during this COVID-19 pandemic? And do you mm -hmm. mind to share one experience? Sure. So, yeah, again, because of internet connection, because of other priorities, um, the situation just becomes very frustrating uh, for both teacher and students, um, but especially for students, like classes are too close to each other and the day just becomes fairly packed. The first class would begin at 8 a.m., as early as 8 a.m., and it continues all the way till 3 to 4 p.m. with very minimal breaks in between. And that's only schedule. So, like, you know, they already have classes from 8 to 4, and then right after that, they need to proceed to actually doing the work. And then I find the workload just really heavy for them because, you know, like, it's different, like sitting down in class for one hour and sitting down in an online lesson for one hour is very different. Like when, it, when it's like online learning, the time just kind of doubles and triples. I see. All right. Um, on to the next question. So as a law lecturer, how would you describe the academic integrity of your students? This includes showing up for class, their participation in group works and the class discussion. 
Alright, uh, well, um, academic integrity is extremely emphasized in our faculty. And that being said, it is also important to note that the ODL semester is unprecedented. Okay, this, is, this has never done, been done before. Hence, we cannot be, as lecturers, we cannot be unyielding and we cannot be uncompromising. I'm not saying that we have to compromise our integrity, but we must be flexible in how we interpret and apply what integrity is. In my personal experience with my classes, I ensure flexibility in participation of the students. This was done through uh, various means as I consider participation in any method as possible. For example, uh, the standard participation discussion in class, or even as simple as responding to my question in the chat box in Google Meet, I consider that as participation as well. If that is difficult for any of the students, they can choose other methods, either by sending an email or texting within the prescribed time frame. Attendance to class was measured using their availability to listen to the lecture. But since I have pre-recorded all my lectures, the students are able to listen to it anytime and I keep the attendance uh, link open throughout the day for them to sign in. For me, uh, personally, I take the students as adults and while it is important for me to emphasize integrity on their part, it is up to them to comply with it or not. It is important to try to be flexible as much as you can while striving to maintain high levels of integrity. Is there any way for other bystanders or public people to help in making things easier for the students in a high-need school to get a better and satisfying education? Mm. I would say for maybe the public, we could create discourse about education inequity. So... I think we're all aware that, you know, there's a lot of inequity and inequality in education, right? So um, I think, and I think the more we talk about it, the more people are aware and the more things are actually being addressed. So on top of that, teachers and other stakeholders should also be held accountable to maintain a certain standard that enables um, the students to attain the education they deserve, regardless of background. Uh we are all aware of the government, most universities and some NGO or company has been offering various help in the form of one of financial assistance to buy the internet plan, free mobile sim card and many more. But as an educator, what have you personally done to help your students who are financially or mentally struggling during this ODL period? Alright, um, well I'm aware of the efforts made by the government and by all of them. Me, uh, personally, not much I can contribute financially specific to students, meaning I don't have that much money financially to give out to students. But I try to be an effective channel for students, students who are struggling financially to cope with the semester, especially regarding buying of internet data. So I connected them with the faculty team who are tasked to look after underprivileged students. Well, I, as well as my colleagues, we uh, try our best to ensure the students, uh, student mentees, which we put in our care under the Penasihat Academic Program, to communicate with us should there is an, any problem to proceed with the ODL semester. Of course, the stress level among students varies depending on, on a lot of factors. Hence, I made it a point to be very cautious in responding to any students who approach me for advice about their situation. It is very important to keep an open mind and to be a good listener. Okay, um, on to the next question. Uh, what are the resources you wish that you had to make learning more interesting for these students? Mm. 
So this is in general, right? Like yeah, in, in school. General. Yeah. In okay. School. So I would say to upgrade the infrastructure of the place, because before we begin to go into technological and advancements for learning aids, I think um, that the learning environment still plays an important role to ensure students are comfortable learning. So this can be as simple as ensuring that all the fans in the classroom are working and maybe installing window binders instead of curtains just to block out the harsh sunlight that affects students who are sitting near the windows. Because, like, you know, it gets really hot in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so, like, that really affects um, my students' focus because it's just really hot and, you know, you're just not comfortable learning. So things like that. Um, once that's settled, then we could proceed... Uh, by bringing in technological advancements such as maybe smart board, tablets, um, and just getting them involved in more IT-related um, activities. Not to say like, you know, like, oh, technology is the future and everything, but just to get them to keep up with the pace, um, ensure that they are not left behind, ensure that they know how to type, uh, how to log in, how to send an email, you know, things like that. Oh, I see. I just wish that the government will do more to help these students. Right, yeah. yeah. I ever wonder on what is the public relations program in UITM is all about. Weekend is the curiosity for you. With a strong history and achievements since the past 48 years, public relations is one of the programs offered under the Mass Communication and Media Studies course at UITM ever since 1972. It is categorized under the Center of Strategic Communication, Therefore, the subjects covered in our academic cohort consist and are vast from writing, speaking, to breaking down the tips and tricks of corporate communication, event management, governmental management towards the public, and the art of propaganda. Why choose public relations as a major, you ask? A bachelor degree in public relations can lead to a variety of interesting job opportunities because all companies and organizations need people to maintain its company image and consumer relations. We can assure you that you will be graduating with a handful of skills and experiences in conducting real projects and events taught by experienced educators and even people from the industry. So, what are you waiting for? Come and join the PR family. For more information, visit mascom.uitm.edu.my. Um, just a few questions left now, sir. From a week-long survey that we have conducted online, about 80.6% of our respondents, who are all students, think that ODL is not an effective way for them to learn. What is your say on this matter? Do you mind suggesting other alternatives that are both accessible for lecturers and student sites? <laughs> All right. Um, to answer this question, we must. it is important that we look at the reason why we have to conduct the ODL semester. Of course, the ultimate reason is to curb the spread of the COVID-19 virus, in which the spread is caused by close proximity and physical interaction of people who are infected and other non-infected people. So if you go to class, if you go to campus, you would have close proximity and physical interaction. And we want to curb the virus by, curb the spread of the virus by not doing this. So ODL ensure that there is close to zero physical interaction among students and lecturers in campus. We have to look beyond our inconveniences and look at a bigger picture, all right? ODL semester is not something that, we, that everyone wants. But it is something that is necessary to flatten the curve by limiting social and physical interactions. I personally believe this is, this is the best method to do our part in decreasing the spread of COVID-19 virus. Okay, the next question will be, from the survey, as much as 89% uh, uh, of the 100 
burden by the assignment that was assigned to them during this ODL. What should they in this matter? And do you think that students should uh, evaluate and restrain their time? Oh, okay. Uh, yes. So, I don't know. I feel like the the issue right now is not so much on students only. It's like students and teachers. But, okay, if we we're going to talk about students, then, yeah, they could probably do like a a personal schedule of what needs to be done in a week or um, what needs to be done um, every day. Uh, yeah, but like time management is also a bit sticky because it, it, it depends on like what they need to do outside of like um, school responsibilities. So if they need to take care of their, of their sister, um, they need to cook for the family, they need to work. And if these are all done in very odd hours, then maybe the time, like the whole schedule idea may be a bit stressful for them. Okay, Miss, for the last question. Mm -hmm. Do you agree that everyone should take part and have a significant role in helping the students in Malaysia to achieve quality education for their future? And this includes not only the government, but also parents, the students themselves, and also educators. Oh, for sure. Like, everything begins with education. Like, you know, you want to be a politician, you want to be a celebrity, you want to be whatever. Like, it all starts with education. And, like, you know, education just doesn't just um, reflect your academic achievements. It also shapes you as a person. Like, it also teaches you how to be a good person that isn't useless to the, the sorry, that would contribute to the society. So, yeah, everyone should definitely take a role. Um, play a role in education like um, again like I said like create this course talk about it talk about it to other people see what they say about it um, have arguments you know as long as the conversation is going basically we are all in this together to um, to ensure that students have quality education yes. so that they can have a better future yes for sure and, and how about you sir yes uh, everyone has a, a has a has a role in ensuring um, uh, continuing service in education, of course, myself included. Okay, parents, students, teachers, lecturers, uh, campus managers, all right? So those in an education sector should know their duties well to ensure the continued service in the education sector, okay, including, of course, myself and my colleagues and the university in general. Okay, the roles are, although different from one another should be emphasized to ensure that no student is left behind in these, of course, in these trying times. To summarize this podcast, the COVID-19 pandemic has completely changed the global education. It has affected a lot of people and especially on underprivileged students and the students who are struggling with online distance learning. For the last 19 minutes of this podcast, it can be proven that educators have tried their best to understand, support, and help as much as they can to help lessening the burden that students have to bear during this ODL period. It is proven that everyone should take part in ensuring and raising awareness about the issue of poverty and education inequality so that everyone could live a better life and have a better future ahead of them. That is all for today's podcast episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you.